Hey, we're back. Hey, hey. Hello. Yes, we are. How's everybody doing today? Peachy King. Great. Peachy edge of your seat. Keen, edge of your seat. Yep. Are, What's in the basement? What's in the basement? That's kind of where we left off last yeah. time, right? Everyone wanted to know what was in the basement, and then I stopped it. Lost sleep for the whole week. Oh, isn't that terrible? <laughs> I wonder why people are going to watch the video, and they're going to say, like, why are they wearing the same clothes um, from week to week? Well, <laughs> you think know. they're going to figure it out? Yeah. Do you want to go into the patron Right now, that I- <laughs> <laughs> you want me to skip ahead? Uh, yeah, we're we revealing too clothes. many secrets. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we do record two episodes every every time we get together. That just seems to work out for our schedule. So. Not that he chains us in his <laughs> basement. Right. It's not. Yeah, no. they they are free to go. I let them have time out in the yard. Um, <laughs> free yard, range yard gamers. Time. Yeah, free range gamers. That's that's just something I believe in, and. Uh, no, they uh, um, we uh, go back to back with these episodes, and uh, we have a fun time. I mean, getting together for just an hour. Yeah, who does that? Yeah, no we, one does it. We uh, make it sound like it's only, but we are acting. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> acting. We want this to make sense for people who are listening, and uh, so we probably say, you know, how was the week? And uh, so all of our secrets are revealed. Opened and, up right uh, there. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do a behind the scenes. Please still watch. All. I hope that wasn't keeping you that that room watching. That, that killed it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if the outfit change matters, I can I can make it happen. <laughs> oh, we no, we you know, could have we could have we could have done that. Yeah, we could have like messed up our hair a little bit, change uh, shirts, change shirts. Um, yeah, you know, if we did that, I would accidentally leave the camera going and then we'd see a bunch <laughs> of dudes in here shirtless and yeah. then all of our viewership would go away but or um, it might just change <laughs> it's interesting to think that you would think i would change in front of a camera whether it's rolling or not uh, that's a good point yeah i'm a little paranoid um one of those people that goes to your airbnb and is like sweeping the place for uh, you should yeah hidden cameras and and bed bugs, of course. Yeah. So speaking of bed bugs. Yeah. Or bear bugs. What? Or bug bears. Bug bears. <laughs> Good like, Lord. Where is this going? Where I is don't this even going? Know. Um, so welcome to episode four. Sorry for all the random uh, jabbering there. Uh, we are here and excited to uh, move this story along for people. Um, just a quick shout out to all of our supporters on Patreon. Um, if you haven't become a supporter, you can for just a dollar a month. I mean, that seems, you know, like a, a pretty good deal. Um, and uh, we will thank you endlessly because that's what we do. Um, and to become a supporter, you can just go to DungeonPatrol.com and click on the Patreon button or go to Patreon.com slash DungeonPatrol and uh, help us keep this adventure rolling. And we'll have more silly conversations that make no sense to you. Um, and you know, that's fun. People like that, right? You just need something droning something. in the back of your mind while you're doing other important work. I'm sure a lot of people listen to us while they're doing oh, I important thought you were jobs. Talking about yourself, Jerry. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not listening to myself. I'm actually listening to another podcast. Right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's where you get your ideas from. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we are here for episode four and. I don't know if we decided last time that uh, Alar. I'm, I'm feeling pressure from the group. That <laughs> is going to be our uh, person. Right. I'm not promising. Alar is feeling pressure, it, but Ted is feeling pressure. Alar, oh. Alar <laughs> loves. Alar's fine. Alar's fine. Uh, so what what happened last episode? Well, Alar and the Revolution put on a grand performance <laughs> for Brock the Bold and his thugs, getting in their good graces and lowering their defenses. They launched a sudden attack and quickly took the villa for their would-be allies, the pirates. They quickly looted the place before the pirates could come in, making their way to the basement. What will they find? Stay tuned for Dungeon Patrol. <laughs> Not Alar Patrol. Thank you for making that change. but uh, um, For now. For now. So, you know, people can make up their own minds, right? Yeah. Um, so... That's where we left off. And you guys were headed into the basement of the villa. Yep. 
Bruised and bleeding. Bruised and bleeding. Yeah. A couple of you dropped last time uh, to zero. I don't remember that. Um, yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a good fight. So, <clears throat> yes, basement. You walk down the wide stone stairs into the basement. Carved from the hard stone of the cliff, you see the long, narrow chamber runs deep into the rock. Every few feet, you see the dark outline of niches carved on either side of the chamber. Inside these stone hollows, you see barrels and casks, too many to count. Dozens upon dozens of barrels of wine and other spirits as well. A fortune in drink, its value compounded in these troubled times. A slight scraping noise can be heard coming from deeper in the room. As you round the corner on one particular niche, you see a strange sight. A frail, dirty man with a scraggly beard appears to be trapped under a barrel of wine. You notice he was tied to the barrel and probably tried to free himself, but instead managed to tip the barrel, pinning himself between it and the wall of the niche. You see that he is missing his legs, one at the knee and the other at the thigh. Filthy blood and wine-soaked bandages still cover both wounds, but his flailing knee leaves dark smears of fresh blood on the cold stone. Ew. His awkward, fruitless scrambling and terrified grunts make your stomachs churn. Hashtag season two so dark. <laughs> wow. Um, how, big, how big is this room? Um, it is a long chamber, uh, kind of like... Uh, I'd say it's about 10 feet wide and it's probably about 50 feet long and on either side there are little niches um, carved in maybe another uh, 8 to 10 feet um, and then inside those niches are barrels and casks of liquor and other things of value. Well, I go over to uh, the man and attempt to start freeing him. Okay. So he is just, you know, mindlessly gibbering and scared to death of any movement and of you. And he is just really um, out of control. And the closer you get, the more he flails and bandages start to come off. And you can see that someone tried to sew up these wounds, you know. Um, well, can I try to calm him down with persuasion? Yes. 19. Wow. Okay. So you start to soothingly talk. Or whoa, whoa there, sing, old timer. <laughs> sing to him. Um, and uh, he, he starts to calm down and realizes that, you know, you aren't, aren't with this other group of people and maybe... <clears throat> maybe mean him no harm, but still quite terrified. You can just see it in his eyes. I'm going to just creep down through this hall searching for anything, anybody else or anything else. Okay. Um, you do see uh, one of the uh, niches is, has been kind of cleared out, um, but the rest are, you know, stocked almost full with mm. uh, wine. And, I mean, this is kind of what, uh, you know, the – person who owned this was into yeah, was vineyard. Yeah. Right, Flastel Vineyards. Yep. So is is there any other way out? There is no other way out. Okay. It's so just I the guess, wine cellar yeah. basically. I'll do just a thorough search while he's ministering to that guy. Okay. Looking for secret passages or anything that might be mysterious. Okay. Um you don't find anything um out of the ordinary other than this fortune in uh, wine and other spirits. Um, everything seems to be in good order. Um, some of the barrels are marked with uh, the Flossdale name. Um, others are, you know, uh, have other symbols uh, carved or burned into them, into the barrels um, from other companies, other providers. Um, but uh Whoever this person was was obviously storing this, and uh, now it's property of the pirates, you guess. While he's tending to this gentleman, I would like to do a medicine check and perhaps help him a little bit since that's my... That's your deal? That's what I do. 
Okay. I'm, I'm just untying him and <clears throat> helping him down. I'll oh, okay. hand off to you. So uh, you guys um, minister to this uh, this person, and uh, they start to you, you finally hear like the first um, kind of sensible phrases out of out of his mouth, and he's um, thanking you. Thank you, thank you so much. Who are you? Uh, my my name is Drake, Drake Flossdale. This oh. is my home. So, and I think I told you last time, you you know, the only Flossdale that you guys knew, you talked to Haydn, um, and he knew that there was a, like a champion of this one arena that right. basically was elevated from a slave to a, a freed person and won a fortune by defeating this thing, this uh, arena. And... Um, was that Drake Flossdale? Yep. Okay. Okay. So this is the labyrinth champion, the only one that you know of. And his championship was how long ago? Uh, it was uh, probably at least a decade or more ago. Okay. All right. Yeah. The Drake Flossdale, uh, victor of the labyrinth. Yes, yes. I, I, I don't want to talk about that now. I, I'm. I'm very ashamed of my role in that whole whole thing. Well, we are glad to free you and assist you in any way we can. Those thugs above are defeated. They're, they're, they're gone? Brock is gone? Um, Brock is dead. Unfortunately, <sighs> your villa may be taken by an even larger group. <sighs> I don't know what to say about that. I, I, I thank you for freeing me strangers i i don't know i don't brock was so they they took my legs my legs they ate my legs oh oh so dark jerry gosh and if you haven't figured it out by now conversely you ate brock's legs or ate drake's legs uh in the stew the nice, rich. Oh, I'm a vegetarian. Stew. <laughs> <laughs> you picked that out. Yes. No. Wow. Actually. Yeah. I, I added this bit uh, as punishment for you guys uh, avoiding the the easy route into the, <laughs> into the thing. Wow. I'm just so so happy with myself right now. I can't I can't wow. stop smiling. Um. So no, he uh, he was very abused, mistreated by uh, Brock, and they ran out of food. And so he tells you that he's, you know, he quickly ran out of money after he realized that, um, you know, his his vineyard was uh, it's not it wasn't going to be easy. He was going up against other um, uh, larger operations. And uh, just because he was this so-called champion, they just used him. Basically, they allowed him to win the labyrinth to kind of give other people hope mm-hmm. so that they would, they'd have a steady supply of uh, people trying, trying mm-hmm. to win their own freedom. And so he was just kind of, he feels bad. Uh, and he had to sell off most of his furnishings just to keep oh. his villa. And then, you know, Brock and company show up on the night of the uprising um, and take over his villa and, you know, basically this this is all that's left. All wow. that's left of his fortune and everything that he's worked for for the past decade is in this basement. Well, there's still quite a fortune in ale here for wine. Uh, not that it does any good right now. Everything is in shambles. People still have to drink. Do yeah. they? Yeah. It, it would be a pretty good commodity to trade in a situation like you guys find yourselves in. So, just so I'm clear, it does represent quite a hefty um, uh, bit of leverage for Wolf Canute yeah. and company. 
And uh, this is probably why Brock was holding on to it as desperately as he was, um, because it's it's a lot. It's a lot of money. Yep. Well, Brock missed his chance to use it as leverage. He could have gained allies and held this place. Yeah. Well, bad news, Mr. Flostell. I don't think you'll ever walk again. <laughs> uh, but you're alive. Thank, thank you again. Who's who's this wolf canute that you speak of? Is is he gonna keep me alive? Do I? I don't know what I do now without my legs. Yes, unless you're useful, I doubt it. Wow. <laughs> We could just end it right now. Um, so Haydn's there with There's you Aileron. suddenly. <laughs> and Haydn is, is uh, you hear him kind of whistle and he's like, he's like, oh, I, Wolf Canute is not going to want another mouth to feed. That, that is true. But let's, um, I'll, I'll tell Wolf Canute to say that you have information. We just need to, to get you back on your, feet so to speak um and uh <laughs> to, get, to get the information from you and and that will buy us some time until i can figure out uh, how how you fit in I, i'll do what i can to help you um but I, I need some time so if you could just go back to your mindless gibbering i i think i think that's best for now and and we'll we'll try to get you healed up wouldn't wouldn't the winner of the labyrinth the be a powerful symbolic tool for Wolf Knut? Ah, uh, perhaps. That is not a bad idea. Yes. Yes. I'll 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 see what I can do. Um but he he would be a symbol of sorts to the slaves who are uprising. Uh, I mean Wolf Knut is so new to the, to these parts. I, I just don't know how he would take that, but I, I think it's worth a shot. I don't know. Without his legs, it's not much of a symbol anymore. The good news is, <laughs> good news is they're I'm all the pirates. One. Yeah, well, you are, but oh, yeah. we're dealing with pirates. They have experience with wood prosthetics. <laughs> good point. <laughs> Double peg legs. Fair point. This is awesome. Clink, 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 clink. Okay, so. Uh, Hayden's going to try to like let's let's help him upstairs and find a place for him to lie down and um, you know we'll make up some story to Wolf Canute and and uh, you just rest just rest for now and can we get him stable and at least get some fresh bandages on him yeah and, and some food I think we've got some stew upstairs <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, oh my never gosh. tasted it. it's kind of like pork <laughs> and... it's very interesting. Um, Melange of flavors that you exotic. <laughs> so okay, so you guys have found this fortune in ale and wine, and uh, going to bring uh, Drake upstairs and get him situated along with a keg of ale. Okay, so uh, keg of ale tucked under one furry arm, and you guys go marching upstairs and hiding, sort of. Uh, um, leading you to the back room where those uh, other two um, uh, ruffians came out of uh, last episode. And there are some makeshift beds sort of set up, some cots and other things, uh, bedrolls that are laid out on the ground. And uh, you guys get uh, Drake situated there and, and he's he's thanking you profusely and um, Hayden's like, Reminding him to, yeah, yeah, just go back to the mindless gibbering. Don't forget. Um, we need to buy some time here. I don't like any of these people. No. <laughs> I yeah. don't really want to help any of them. You, you know, Hyden's not a bad guy, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he kind of is. Yeah. Um, so... You guys go out into the in the main spaces and you see the pirates are flooding in, dragging in all of their stuff. And uh, you see 
Wolf Canute, you know, barking orders at people and people running to and fro. And they're, you know, they're definitely getting situated into the villa. And uh, he seems quite happy with how things turned out. And uh, if you guys make eye contact with him, he's going to come up and just be like, you know, way to go team. You know, he's like, oh, there they are. Yes, I knew you could do it. I knew you could do it. Thank you. You've delivered me exactly what I wanted. And I've heard from Haydn that we have a fortune of liquor in the basement. There is. <laughs> I owe it all to you. Welcome to my crew. And then he like gives you all pats on the back and everyone's happy. And so this is where we discuss payment. I think the payments is were part of the crew. Yeah, I think yeah. that's uh, joy. Benefit plan, retirement options. <laughs> He's dental. Better equip equipment would be nice yes. at this yeah. point. So you uh, healing, do, healing. Yeah, he uh, he will give you. He will does let you know that you will get a weekly ration of food, like the rest of the crew. So you don't have to, as long as you're regularly stopping back um and checking in with this this group of people you you would have food if you wanted to hang around them but you're part of the part of his uh pirate gang now um welcome you with open arms i mean obviously What's they're the name of the gang <laughs> do uh, they have like a name of no i mean they're thuringari pirates you know thunder isles you know, you can call them whatever you want, but they're just basically pirates. But they don't, they're not self-named. His name is Wolf, and they're not the Wolf Pack. <laughs> it could be the Wolf Pack. Uh, it's Wolf Canute. Um, they are composed of a lot of different pirate clans mm -hmm. that fled one of the islands of the Thunder Isles. And uh, Wolf Canute, you can learn all of this stuff. Uh, I'll say as you're mingling with the crew and stuff. Um, basically what happened when the Mists from season one took over uh, the Thuringari Isles um, and all those strange creatures started coming out. Mm. Um, basically, uh, Wolf Canute led this group of people from this one particular island and they fled through the mists in their ships, in their long ships. And uh, he led them unerringly through the mists and finally got them into the open ocean um, after weeks of sailing. Mm. Um, and so they were very bedraggled, very hungry, very thirsty. And they made straight for Vadragan because Wolf Canute, you know, figured out where they were. And that was the closest place. And they made it to Vadragan, and then their ships were, they were immediately seized um, by the Baron and enslaved, and their ships were burned. And um, that was kind of one of those little lead-up uh, pieces of information mm -hmm. that I shared with you. Mm -hmm. And then they broke free with the uprising. <clears throat> yeah, when the uprising happened... They had a definite advantage because they were still mostly together and they were not used to being slaves. They were still a very tight-knit bunch. They tried to break them up as much as they could, but this only it was just weeks ago that they were free pirate clans. 5,200, that's a lot, yeah. Yeah, there's actually m more than that, but... My. Yeah. He's got a couple of different bases now on... Um, this side of the island that he's he's in charge of. He led them out of the mists. He's not uh, universally loved by all of the clans that are represented, um, but he is uh, definitely acknowledged as their savior and their leader for now. So how do we recognize the other members of this clan and be recognized in return. Good point. How do you recognize them yeah. as being yeah, they different? Have a badge. Where's our immunity? Like, is there like a pirate police like, we can wear? Or a membership card or... <laughs> membership card. Uh, <laughs> a secret handshake. A secret handshake. Uh, uh, the Van Buren brothers will notice us. 
Yeah, I mean, physically, they're they're very uh, you know they're very cliquish. They tend to stick with each other. Um, the men are predominantly bearded. The women like to wear their hair long and in lots of braids and things. Um, but the you know they're they're rough and tough, hardy looking people. Um, uh, very physically kind of uh, imposing compared to like your average, um, you know, bad Regani slave. So, I mean, they, they tend to stand out, especially when they're in a group. Um, there's nothing that they have that signifies, hey, you're part of the... How are they going to know that we... That we are. Yeah, he would have to, you know, send word or give you a, a note, <laughs> assuming that they're literate, <laughs> you know. The literate pirates... But yeah, I'm not saying they're all literate, but some of them probably are. That should be the name. <laughs> literate pirates. So, I mean, I assume we're going to kind of get a chance to rest. Uh, yeah. Yep. You can rest up, um, heal up. The The chaos uh, starts to settle down after a while. And, uh, you know, they start cooking their own food. You know, and they seem totally disgusted after they hear about what happened to, to Drake. And they, you know, like they even go so far as to throw out that whole pot and everything that had. Uh, I mean, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it really wasn't that bad, um, says the bugbear. Uh, and uh, <laughs> for me, it wasn't cannibalism. <laughs> um now he has a taste for human flesh. <laughs> now. Start. Watch out. Now. <laughs> now. Um, what, what do you, are, are we beholden to their deeds? I mean, do we have to do what he says? Or I mean, what are our plans now? I don't want to stay here. Well, I, I want to know what the lay of the land is. Like, obviously, this is a sizable force. Yeah. Who, who are, who's the competition do the slaves own the rest of the island? Does the empire own any bit left? Yeah. Do you have the map up on uh, on your screen there? Um, so uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely upload this uh, to Facebook and uh, have it on the website as well. Uh, did I? Yeah, I probably yeah. did. Um, but anyway, there's a there's a different map that I, I should share with you that um, now that you have the villa. So Wolf Canute or Haydn is happy to kind of show you um, out on the veranda there. He can actually point out the territory that they control and the territories that the other factions in town control. And um, so basically everything from Fishbelly to Bleakstone to Horncliff, that's all Wolf Canute and his crew. And Wait, I'm sorry. Horn said Horncliff to Fishbelly. Yep. So that whole um, western side of the island is pretty much Wolf Canute and his gang control that. Um, the center of the island, kind of the you know the marketplace, the you know business hub of the city, uh, including the flesh market, the vast slave market where. People are bought and sold on a daily basis. Um, all of that is in Old Town, which is kind of the center of the city. And that is ran by another faction, actually a, a triumvirate of three people who control Old Town. Um, and Wolf Canute is happy to tell you that he has been negotiating with one of those people, trying to convince them that everyone needs to band together if they're going to survive, if they're going to face off with the Baron, who is just trying to starve them into submission. If they have any hope of survival, they need to work together. And so that's Wolf Canute's thing. He's not the nicest guy in the world, definitely not the classiest person you're ever going to run into, but he is very smart and he just wants everyone to be able to win. Um, so he's been in negotiations with one of the members of the Old Town Triumvirate. 
Uh, who like when you say the old town triumvirate like what who were they before or what are they now are they with not obviously not pirates uh they're not slaves um some you know some of them are maybe um minor low level you know thugs um people that had some kind of power or position um even as slaves that kind of gave them the edge or you know, have risen over the past couple of months and proven to be, you know, strong fighters or capable leaders or, you know, something. So who is this person that was um, kind of taking over the different lands? Was it the gentleman that was murdered? Like the ones who've been taking over our lands on the mainland? On the mainland, yes. that would be the Baron. You're okay. talking about your tribe, yes, the yes. Barons. So my motivation would definitely be to make sure the Baron is stopped. Yes. Okay. Uh, Wolf Canute, uh, you understand again conversations with other people that he uh, he definitely um, uh, you hear that they were they thought that they they could go to the Baron and you know trade fairly and be safe trading in uh, Vadragan and they were immediately enslaved and he feels like he was betrayed Um, and there's something else, some other piece of dirt um, that you can't quite uh, get from people that you know you get the the sense that this uh, you know anger towards the Baron is very personal for Wolf Canute Okay, so we've got the the wolf pack on the western side. We've got the triads in the middle. Yep. What about the rest of the island? Um, Red Gutter Row, that is where a lot of the arenas and uh, gladi- gladiator training uh, houses are. And so that is made up of mostly gladiators. They are fewer in number, but obviously uh, strength of arms is... Uh, pretty overwhelming I guess we know how they got his name Red Gutter yep Mm -hmm. yep you can imagine Um, Black Alley is currently um, doing its own thing Uh, that's kind of the seedier part of town lots of brothels taverns that sort of thing people that leave the arenas usually end up there Um, you know I mean I guess it's a mix you know but it's it's definitely like a you know, Vegas strip kind of thing. Um, and, uh, but for now that, that is led by someone, um, you know, they haven't had any contact with this person, but they seem open to, to trade and they're not really, you know, preventing anyone from coming and going, but it's ran by someone called the eunuch. And that ring any bells for me? I mean, that's, my my area of town no not really uh you knew crime bosses or anything that would have been going by that uh no but you you know that a lot of the the brothels and things uh often would uh employ eunuchs to um you know act as bouncers and to you know um okay live in in you know in house with uh with the ladies. What about High Cobble? High Cobble is sort of the churchy area. Lots of temples. Um, it sort of rises up and overlooks uh, the cities. Uh, so you're kind of on an even level with it being on this hill. Um, and uh, But you can see, you know, spires of various temples and things like that. Uh, definitely lots of area for... Um, you know, fortune tellers and other, you know, would be, um, uh, you know, prognosticators in that area, but, uh, mainly the main temple district. And is it run by anybody or just independent? Uh, it seems to be independent. They don't know anything about that. So just people living their lives. 
yeah priests and acolytes just yeah it was uh pretty severely looted mm. um but it's mostly um been vacated since the uprising okay like they most of them got out early on and took their stuff and salt side that is where all the you know salt mines are um lots of Larger corporations have set up pretty extensive salt mining operations there on that side of the island, the eastern, northeastern side, and um, uh, there are lots of miners there. They probably have the most numbers, um, but, you know, the most malnourished, the most beaten down, the most, you know, you name it. They have been... um, living very, very rough, hard lives for a very long time. So maybe the title of this episode should be Gangs of Vadragan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and Downbottom has its own crew, too. Uh, Downbottom is somewhat unique in that uh, most of the people that are there were not slaves. That is kind of like the poor district of the city. These people were just too darn poor to get out when everything started going to heck they had no place else to go they don't have summer estates they don't have you know farms to retire to they don't have you know the means to get a horse or hop a wagon or anything to get to get out they just had no other option so what is their temperament towards the baron them yeah Mm -hmm. uh they're unfriendly for the most part but um the sense that you get from the pirates is that i probably wouldn't trust them they seem to have the sort of the same same vibe that you do like maybe it would be better off if the baron just came and swept through and put things back to the way it was and i could go back to living my life the way it was Um, but in the meantime the baron is laying siege to them as well Yes. So and he's very wealthy. Yep. It's probably a mix. Okay. Well, so the Baron, I mean, so the Baron is operating out of the fortress which is on across the across the way. Yeah. Across the bridge. So as when you say I mean are they actively like is there a siege? Well, we're cut off. I mean, there's nothing coming in, nothing going out. Okay, but they're but they're not they're not, they're not aggressors right now. They've just cut us off. There's not troops trying to resecure districts in Old Town. Um, the Wolf Canute's feeling is that the Baron doesn't have enough soldiers. Okay. Um, part of one of the little snippets that I sent you before we started was that a column of soldiers left heading towards the Ashwood. Right. Um, so that's basically was probably the bulk of the Baron's forces. And uh, there's some rumors that, you know, he, he doesn't have many troops left. That what you see on the walls and, you know, a few others inside the Dreadgate itself, uh, probably all he has. Um, so because it's a, you know, massively fortified place that only has one entrance across this bridge, there's no way that you or Wolf Canute or anyone else can, you know, possibly take it from the Baron, but the Baron also can't come into the city without getting completely wiped out. What was the Baron's name? Zelmo Goshki. So who is this person that you wanted to speak to in Fishbelly that you believe that we could possibly find an ally in or you could find an ally in? Uh, who are you talking to? He's talking about, are you talking about Old Town? Old Town, yeah, sorry, Old Town. yeah, not Fishbelly. Oh, uh, uh, you, you one can... Of the, one of the triumvirate. Yeah. Triumvirate. Uh, it's a... Uh, Haydn can tell you that it's a, a man, human man named Auden Wayne. Have you sent word to him? Have you contacted him yet or not? Uh... You find out that Wolf Canute and uh, Auden Wayne's people have been 
sending messages back and forth or messengers back and forth. And there seems to be some agreement that, uh, that yes, we need to all come together. Um, and Auden is trying to do his best to sway his partners um, towards Wolf Canute, but they're also getting pressure from the gladiators. Well, what you don't understand if you have one of the sharpest tongues uh, and wit <laughs> and all the land uh-huh. at your disposal. Oh, and you... Thank you, Brokos. Look knowingly at Alar. I am his hype man. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Got to do more of this. Half a copper a day. You'll talk a man up. (laughs) (laughs) You're that cheap. Uh, Wow. uh, I am poor and homeless and yes. Uh, Does what he can. Um, So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the situation, and I have another map that uh, more clearly lays out the boundaries. Cool. Um, and I'll, I'll bring that up uh, the, the next time. But that's basically where we stand. Um, so now that you have the villa, you can see a lot of this. There's a lot of smoke and haze and mist and everything. So, you know, you can't see everything. You can see into Old Town pretty reliably. Um, but... Uh, Depending on the day, um, the other parts of town are fairly iffy on what you can view from the villa. But, you know, you all have some knowledge of the city and it's described to you. And um, this is kind of where that was going to happen once you had secured the villa. And, and again, the villa was on the south, <clears throat> the south, uh, or in Bleakstone, I believe. Yes. Or I thought we were in Horncliffe. Horn yeah, Horncliffe, okay. yeah. So we're like on the coast, right? Uh, nope. Uh, that little... Uh, ridge. That little ridge there, you're right up there. Between no. Old Town and Horncliffe. There it is. Yes. Yep. Oh, that's where we're at? Yep. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Are you drawing your own map over there? Yeah. Oh, nice. So what can we do to be of assistance? Um... Who are you asking? I suppose Hayden. Or so, I mean, if we're if we're talking to Wolf Canute, that'd be great. But uh, Hayden uh, is, uh, you know, Wolf Canute is kind of conversation is iffy. Hayden seems to be sticking closer to you. Um, and as you've had this time um, to hang out, to recuperate, um, and get information from people, uh, you find out uh, that Hayden is not. Um, totally embraced by the crew. Yeah, I got that already. <laughs> um, but Wolf Canute called him his little truffle pig. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Sniffs it out. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he knows where things are hidden, and he's good at sniffing things out, and uh, um, knows the city very well. I hope we get a fun nickname. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Wolf Canute also tells you that Haydn is, you know, he's he's just a crazy old halfling. He he's hmm. tells all these, you know, makes up all these stories about himself. But uh, you know, they he's known by a lot of people in this town, and people know that he was he was simply a scribe for a local tallow merchant, and uh, nothing more than that, uh, a slave like the rest, and uh, but still useful and his knowledge of the town and his ability to find things. He he has his purpose, but he can't be completely trusted. Yep. Basically that's what Wolf Canute is. So I pull Aylor aside or just whisper in his ear, should we invite the muscle to help us? What are you talking about? Drake? You mean the bugbear? The bugbear? Oh. Both of them. Yeah. They seem to I mean, we just found ourselves with them, and I, I've, I guess I've seen them in their worst. But I thought uh, maybe, I thought that was your comedian and your dancer. You, I mean, maybe are, perhaps wise, with well, a bit more. Practice. They were of great assistance <laughs> to us. Perhaps you could. I mean, we could invite them. No, no fee, of course. Invite them to what? Brokos, I mean, help us. I mean, you're going to. Negotiate, it sounds like that's what you want to do. Be part of the band. 
Well, of course, but I mean, you have to officially you know, ask them. Yeah, but <laughs> <clears throat> uh, but we need to be clear what the heck we're even doing right yes, now. Like yeah. we are completely, uh, you know, compassless at this point. Yeah, it's true. I tried asking the question and. Oh, okay. What was the question you tried to ask? <laughs> How we can be of assistance. Oh, okay. Um, he will, uh, Wolf Canute lets you know that he, he uh, may have use for you. You've obviously proven yourselves uh, uh, to be very capable, um, very clever. He likes that. Uh, and you're probably a little more expendable. Um, so he doesn't have any real work f- for you right now. Uh, um, so he tells you to talk to Haydn. Um, Haydn tells you, you know, yeah, it's just, you know, we're just getting settled in here now, and uh, we still need to figure out what to do about Drake. Uh, Wolf Canute wants to just toss him out and I, I tried to say that the man might have information that we need so you know we can we can think about that and as that's happening as he's in the middle of this conversation you hear all of this ruckus this chaos and shouts and doors banging open and a group of you know uh, men come in and they're dragging another man who seems to be very injured. Um, so you see this man that they're dragging in. Um, his mouth hangs open strangely. His jaw is obviously broken. His nose looks like it was moved several inches off center and smashed completely flat. Um, those men that are carrying him start shouting for help and group of Thuringari pirates surround them you know, to help out, and some of them start demanding answers. What happened? What's going on? Um, you know, they all know this man. He's one of them. He's one of the pirates. Um, and you see Haydn, you know, break off his conversation with you, and he goes slipping in, kind of worms his way through this crowd and manages to get right up into this injured man. And you can just spy him, like, slip out a little vial um, from his cloak, and he pours it into the man's mouth and uh, the man starts kind of sputtering and coming back to his senses. Um, so he obviously slipped him a healing potion of s- some kind. Um, he didn't offer that to us. <laughs> Haydn's, you know, you see his, see him in there, you know, uh, amongst this group of very angry pirates and his voice is strangely calm and he's, they're there, all better now. Everything's going to be all right. And as the bodies back away, you see the man, you know, looking better, color coming back to his face, but still very dazed. Um, and then the, you know, the call for, you know, answers, people are demanding answers. That picks up again. And you hear something about a dog. You hear some name that keeps being repeated, Arvik. Um and then people start to get really angry and agitated and start talking, you know, about revenge and blood and we must have his head and kill that dog. And um, over over this cacophony of voices and angry shouts, you hear Haydn's voice trying to calm the madness that is quickly consuming these very violent men and women that are surrounding him. And Wolf Canute enters the room, followed closely by Skolaveg. Uh, she seems very agitated by all of this, like, you know, sort of like a caged panther, right? She wants to be let loose on something at all times, and she just sees all of this. And and so she is, like, looking at Wolf Canute, and Wolf Canute, like, nods to her, and she goes, and she starts, like, rounding up a group of men to go deal with this situation. But again, Haydn's voice cuts through all of this, and he says, Wolf Canute, isn't the rule that we don't fight our own? Isn't that what you said, Wolf Canute? 
And you see his little round body kind of weave out of the mass of bodies. And he approaches Wolf Canute and he just like stands toe to toe with this, you know, Viking lord. Um, and uh, Wolf Canute like gives him, you know, not a friendly look. Um, but he says, you know, uh, he, he kind of shrugs and he says, yes, that is the rule. And then um, you can see there's like a but, you know, he's going to say but and Skull of Egg's still getting prepared. And then and then you you are close enough to hear Haydn say, besides, we still need Arvik. And Wolf Canute obviously ponders this for a second and nods and he's like, the runt knows our ways better than we do. We don't fight our own. But from now on, Arvik stays in the greenhouse. He is not welcome in the villa, and he will have no help from us. And then Haydn kind of bows and, you know, agrees to that and starts to back away. And you hear the crowd start to, I mean, they're still very agitated, very angry, muttering, and, you know, but Skolaveg very reluctantly, you know, makes her way back to Wolf Canute and they leave. Uh, leave the room. Um, others are sticking around to help the man, and you know, but there's still milling throng of people who are not happy with the decision. Um, and uh, Haydn approaches you, and, and he's like, "Oh, this is very bad, very, very bad. I'm, I'm gonna have to stay here and make sure nobody does anything foolish. Could you go check out the greenhouse? Check on Arvik for me. He's a good lad. He really is." Um, I just, I don't know what would drive him to do such a thing, uh, but check on him. Just, just remember, be nice to his dog, okay? Who's Arvik? He's, he's a, he's a good boy. He really is. Um, he doesn't know his own strength. Uh, he's, he's one of them. He's, he's a Thurangari, for sure. But, um, he's, he's not like them, if you know what I mean. He wasn't raised like them. He's he's different, and he hasn't really fit in. Um, he's kind of simple, I, I guess you would say, but uh, but he knows his way around plants and things, and I've tried to set him up in the greenhouse so he would have something to do and stay out of trouble. And um, So I'm, I'm hoping that, that this can still happen. Wolf Canute agrees that we should try to grow our own food, and the greenhouse is, is key to that. Um, but, you know, they're pirates. They're not farmers. But Arvik knows his stuff. I feel like I may know what it, what it like means to be Arvik. Or I imagine an outsider, but uh, if he's got a green thumb, I would perhaps like to see him and meet him myself. Brokos, you're always going on about nature and plants and such. <laughs> yes. Perhaps you could be of assistance to this Arvik. That is the way. This greenhouse is this on these, this estate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was up. We passed up when we came over the ridge. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So Haydn's like, you know, I need to stay here to make sure I can keep things calm. Um, and he just wants you to go because this is very not like Arvik. Okay. Well. All right. We should go to the greenhouse. We shall go to the greenhouse. All right. And we should probably talk. Talk about what? Once the four of us are away from the rest of them. Oh, yeah. Do your own plotting. Mm-hmm. I see. Yep. So you walk out and you can still hear and there's like a swirling storm of muttered curses and things. And, you know, um, Haydn's going around doing his thing, talking very calmly to people, reminding them that what Wolf Canute says, you know, He's right. He's right. Don't fight your own. Um, So you walk back along the ridge until you arrive at a small wooden shack. And the shack sits next to a long, low structure that appears to be made entirely entirely out of glass. Inside, you can see a tangled mess of overgrown foliage. And as you approach the shack, you think you hear the sound of someone quietly sobbing. You... Walk towards the dimly lit structure 
and you see a blocky shape that you immediately mistake for a piece of furniture, but it's clearly where the low, pitiful noises are emanating from. And as you approach, you see this bulky shape um, shake uh, with each sob. The shape seems to suddenly grow exponentially, filling the shack's dark interior, and the figure turns to confront you. Leave us alone! You know, I will hurt you! Uh, And you spy one enormous fist that looks as heavy and solid as a sledgehammer clenched tightly being waved in front of you. Um, and this, this person, if this is Arvik, he's, he's taller than you are, Krager. He is seven feet tall, 450 pounds, just massive mountain of a man. Um, and you can see that his arms and his whole body and his face is just covered in scars and just it's like lace work almost just white scars everywhere um obviously been through some some serious stuff and he keeps shaking his fist but then you notice um in his other arm he cradles a small dog that on closer inspection is not so small it just looks very small cradled against his massive body and the dog is just hanging there limply. Um, and you can see that there's blood all over his arm. Mm. And he's like, stay away, stay away, leave us alone. Is he human? Yes. He's a pirate. Are you Arvik? Oh, yes, I'm Arvik. Who Hi- are you? Hayden has sent us to help. Hayden sent you. Yes. Hayden sent you. What what happened to that other man? He was cared for. Good, good. What happened? They said they would help my dog, and they took him, and then they said he was only good for the stew pot. So I hit him. Can I... um, Arvark, I, I have ways with nature and I hear you do too Um, I know it's like to be different can I perhaps see your dog and see if I can help him you can fix my dog perhaps yes you will fix my dog fix my dog fix my dog and then he like kind of gently unarmed just holds the dog out in front of him and you can see it's just hanging there limply, blood all over it, got wounded somewhere, but he's holding it and he's still crying and, you know, just, you know, please fix my dog. Is it um, breathing? Can I, can I put my hand on it and and check? Is it, is it lifeless? Uh, It's dying for sure, um, but still savable. Okay. Well, I if I have my gear with me back that I had, mm-hmm. I have a healing kit. Okay. And so I can I can if he's still conscious or he's not, I can can he I can I don't have the skills right now to heal him with my magic, mm-hmm. but I can with my my wisdom and with what I was taught. Okay. By my forefathers. All right. So you're gonna let roll a a medicine check. Medicine check. See what you can do for this. Manage because I have a healing kit. Um, it's a fourteen. Fourteen. All right. So you see that the dog, on closer inspection, has a couple of puncture wounds um, in its abdomen area and has been bleeding uh, fairly profusely for some time. Um, its fur is all matted with blood, and uh, you can see that Arvik is covered with it. Um, and uh, he just he didn't know what to do. Um, and so you um, managed to bind up the wounds. I want to him to be I want Arvik to feel like he's helping me because he has a greenhouse here, and I perhaps get him some herbs or something that could help him. And even if it was just superficial to feel like he's helping, okay, and I can show him and tell him what I'm doing. Okay. So he, he seems like very like invested and he starts, you know, um, like 
giving him something to do helps him calm down and he stops sobbing and he you know you can see that there's a little sparkle of hope in his eye you know that his dog's going to be okay um so you manage to bind the wounds up um and you think that with some time and care that the dog will recover it doesn't look like there was any organs punctured any major arteries or anything um just looked like it happened to be in a spot that was you know going to bleed a lot and so he just needs some time to recover he will live i was like he's going to be okay yes barnacle's gonna be okay he's gonna be okay thank you thank you so much and he picks you up you know like a huge bear hug and like swings you around and um, he's just like laughing and clapping you on the back and he just is totally, totally overjoyed with that news. Very good, Arvark. I know you do not mean to harm others. Are you calling him Arvark? Arvark. Yes. Arvik. Arvik. Yeah. Arvark works. Okay. Arvark works. Uh he's like, I I I don't want to hurt anyone anymore. I made a promise not to hurt anyone anymore. I but I didn't know what to do. We'll help you. Thank you. Thank you. And then he gives you another hug. And then he like goes back to, he's like, there's something in the greenhouse. Something hurt my dog. I I need to get this greenhouse working. Otherwise, the pirates... They they won't let me stay here with them. I I need I need the greenhouse to be cleared out. I don't know what hurt my dog. Could could you go in the greenhouse? Find out what hurt my dog? We can go do that, Arvik. Did, did we get healing? No, yeah, did we, we did not. We, yeah. We rested. Yes, you did rest. Full night? Yeah. Oh, it's in the morning? Yeah, it was oh, okay. it was like oh, okay. uh, you had food and oh. okay. yeah, that whole I'm like I've got three hit points, and I'm not going to go. So we can take a long rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll, uh, <laughs> That's kind of important for yeah for, for spellcasters. For yeah. you guys. <laughs> oh, because then you could have just healed him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Although yeah. it was a dog, you need to see. Yeah. But that's fine. It, it worked out still, fine. It was still nice. It's okay. Yeah. No, it, that worked out well. Um, I'll uh, reflect your your newly healed states. Um, but yes, all of that information you learned earlier that took some time to get out of the pirates and hiding and stuff. So I assume that, you know, like a day had gone by conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Arvik, you know, he kind of points out and he explains to you that, you know, he's, he, uh, they went in to clear out the greenhouse to try to see if there's anything that could salvage and, you know, his dog, Barnacle, ran off one way um, and left him, and then he heard a, a yelp, and then he went looking for him and, and found him lying by the door to the greenhouse and a puddle of blood, and and that's when, you know, his the, those other men were supposed to be here to help him, you know, get the greenhouse set up. Mm. Um, and they immediately, like, saw the dog and then wanted to... Wanted to eat the dog, and Arvik uh, did not want to let that happen. So, all right, Arvik, we'll take care of the problem. Thank you, thank you so much. You're very nice people. Yes, we are. <laughs> okay, so you guys are marching up to, uh, and I don't know if it's on your map or not, um, but I will put it there now. There's the shack, and you see a path ahead leading to the greenhouse, and you can march up to the door, but you know what? Okay. What's that? That's where we're going to end right. it this, right. this week. So, sorry. Um, you'll have to see what's in the greenhouse next time. Hold next on. Next time. Yeah. It's probably fragrant and lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked pretty overgrown and uh, brown and something. That sounds lovely to me. Does it? Sure yes. Well... Being a druid is going to help, I think. I think so. I would hope so. I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, but uh, nice job. We didn't get to any fights this episode. It's okay. We learned a lot. But you learned a lot of info- a lot. information. And 
saw kind of how the pirates work and um, how those dynamics uh, are going. But and we need to figure out how we fit into all this. We don't feel yeah, more I, powerful. I, I, or I'm not sure. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Do I feel funny? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but you know, you, you're definitely learning things. That is for sure. Um, but thank you all. Good job. And we will see you all next week. Okay. okay. Awesome. Thanks for watching. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying our adventure. To show your support for this podcast, please leave a rating or review on your preferred podcast app. Also, be sure to check us out at DungeonPatrol.com.